Hey friendos, Larson here. Also Cal. And welcome to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to. This, of course, Matt Chat. It's a Sunday. Hope everybody had a good 4th of July. I hope we had a good 4th of July. I had a great 4th of July. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, Cal's been filling in for Steve all week. He'll do the same all next week. This is his first episode of Matt Chat. Yes. Yes, it is. And I'm going to have a hard time trying to win any debates because you actually know what you're talking about. I know a little bit. Uh, I mean, it's up to the viewers who thinks wins and losses. I mean, I'm, these are just my own questions. Some from personal experience and some just, I don't know. Got to think of an answer. So this will be interesting. This will be interesting. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Of course, if you want to be on Matt Chat, uh, you can contribute to our Patreon at the $20 a month level. Um, even just one contribution can get you four, maybe five Matt Chat questions throughout the month depending on how many weeks we're in the month. You also get the Friendo Care Package. You get a comic book, uh, a story, the story inside could only be told within the pages of a comic book. It would cost an astronomical sum to ever make that into a major motion picture, TV miniseries, even a stage production. Cost prohibitive completely. Um, you get a poster, some stickers, a postcard with our names on it. Um, it's a quality value. You get all sorts of other stuff, ad-free episodes, bonus content. Um, so uh, consider it, especially if you want to be in this show, because that's the only way you could do it. That being said, let's kick things off. First question. From Rich. Take it away, Rich. Brendos, Rich the Smash Brother here with another epic Matt Chat question. A little bit of a two-parter. Given the positive feedback we saw this past Monday with Paul Heyman uh, basically lighting Raw on fire instantly, do you think we're going to get the same result when Bischoff takes over in two weeks after Extreme Rules? And do you think with their past creative abilities and the stories they've been able to tell and the impact they've had on the business... Do you believe that both Heyman and Bischoff can have a positive influence on the product and on the ratings to get things back to a more exciting, unpredictable state? I personally think they can. I've watched wrestling for years. I've watched during the Monday Night Wars, before, after, during. They're both incredibly creative guys. I just hope they still have the magic. But nonetheless, welcome to Going in Raw, Cal. Uh, let me know. Thank you, Rich. Thank you, Rich. Would you like to go first, Cal? Yeah. So, Rich was pretty much asking, will Bischoff's SmackDown debut be as impactful as Heyman's? Um, can Bischoff and Heyman change the fortunes of WWE? Well, here's my answer. Yes. Yes, they can. Wow. And here's why. These guys, they've been around. They know a little bit. They, they, they have all these creative ideas and whatnot. You know what? Here's the thing, Vince. Let's not forget, he has that XFL. He's pulling, he's selling stock left and right to put money in that thing. He True. just got time to worry about SmackDown and Raw. He needs to go, he needs to go worry about that XFL. He needs to fix football. He doesn't need to fix wrestling. That's what Vince needs to go do. No, he's the problem he, with wrestling right now. <laughs> exactly. He's the problem. He can't fix it. What's already broken. Can't fix it. No. That didn't make any sense. Doesn't matter. He's going to go focus on the XFL someday soon. Probably after when SmackDown goes to Fox. Maybe. Because uh, I think with the XFL's kicking off, pun intended, uh, right after the Super Bowl next year, I think. That's oh, perfect timing. I kind of feel like the, the XFL is going to have a similar fate as the Association of American Football. They may not have the financial issues that Lee had in terms of getting their funding, but they will have financial issues because no one cares about football unless the, le the letters NFL are associated with it on a professional level. History has borne that out. Every other professional football league that's tried to come into existence in this country of ours has ultimately failed because it's not the NFL. Well, here's the thing. This is my rebuttal to you. 
there's an X in it. And anything with an X makes it cool because it's extreme. It does make it cool. And it has two of the other letters, F, L, Football League. So now that you have the XFL, yeah, it failed once, Uh but doesn't mean history will repeat itself. It'll be successful. Okay. And football these days, no one's watching it anyway. It's getting boring. They're trying to do all this mumbo. We need excitement. That's what the X stands for, exciting and extreme. Okay. All right. I appreciate your enthusiasm. There you go. Um, but Bischoff, uh, by all indications, he's going to get started following extreme rules on a full-time basis. I'm guessing uh, the weeks in between, it's all about getting him up to speed. I don't believe he follows the product closely, so he probably needs to be uh, refreshed, educated on all the storylines that's happening on SmackDown and actually in all WB right now because there's so much crossover between shows. Um, so once he gets up to speed, uh, a lot of it depends long-term, and this applies to Paul as well. At which point is Vince going to get concerned, bored, or just just feel like he needs to get his fingers involved in things? Um, because once that moment happens, then whether Heyman or Bischoff have any great ideas is going to be irrelevant because Vince is going to get involved and start messing with everything. And if that happens, there's a decent chance we'll, be, we'll end up right back to where we were a couple months ago. Uh, there's a chance that Heyman and or Bischoff decide... I can't get any of my ideas out there to hell with this. Bischoff, I'm going back to my ranch in Montana and, and, and just doing my podcast and reading Blue Chew ads. Uh, Heyman, he's got his own company. He's got all the leverage in the world. He doesn't need to deal with this unless he just really enjoys it. But if he's got Vince on, his, on, his, on, his, on him all the time, uh, you know, taking all his, his ideas and watering him down and making him bogus, like, why does he need that? He doesn't need it. Um, so in my mind, it all depends on how, how, mu- how much control Vince is willing to abdicate to Heyman and Bischoff. If he's cool kind of being uh, the general overseer of creative and letting them have a certain level of autonomy, it's not going to be absolute, but a certain level, uh, the po- possibility is there for some good stuff. I'm a little more, again, I need to look at my Wall Street terms, bearish or bullish, whatever one's pessimistic. On Bischoff, his track record isn't quite as good as Heyman's. Um, but by all indications... He seems to have learned from his mistakes. At least he says so. Just like Vince has learned from the XFL from his mistakes. Boom. There you go. That's the answer. You're the really XFL. And like, ironically, Extreme Rules is coming up. There's an X in there too. There you go. It's foreshadowing. I didn't know you were this excited about it's the foreshadowing. XFL. foreshadowing. Yes. Kind of. Kind of. Do you, um, do you watch professional football? No, I don't. Okay. But you might now with the XFL. I now with the XFL. Did you watch the XFL in its initial incarnation? No. I watched like a week and a half. Of like yeah, garbage. I, I watched off. maybe like the first game. Yeah, that was it. But you know, what? I will watch the first, second, maybe the third game. I might give maybe it a try. the third game for the I XFL. might give it a try. We'll yeah. see. I don't know. I'll see. But it, the, the 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 fortunes of WB all rest on Vince McMahon. Whether he decides he wants to be involved as involved going forward, or if he's willing to take a step back. If he's willing to take a step back, then uh, anything can happen. But, you know, he he loves himself some control too much, I feel like, just to take a back seat for too long. Um, I meant in the uh, newsletter, Wrestling Observer newsletter this week, uh, Melzer was talking about how there's a period, I think, in the mid-'90s where Vince hired Bill Watts to kind of take over creative. And I think he lasted like three weeks before <laughs> Vince overrode one of his decisions. He was like, the hell with this. He's like, I'm done. This isn't yeah. worth my time. Yeah, because I guess, if I remember correctly, Bill Watts wanted to make Brett top guy but by that point, Vince already decided he wanted Shawn Michaels to have the belt. And I guess that was enough. But Bill Watts said, to hell with this. I'm gone. 
That's funny. I wonder if he's going to take the mats off from the ringside area like he did in WCW too. Ooh. Seemed like a terrible idea. Back yeah. then, you know, going over the top rope in WCW, that was an instant DQ. Really? Yeah. Even in like a regular match? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Now I remember that. Like in the early 90s. That makes, okay. Because we, we were doing a, a. They they could never implement that now. No. There's no way. Because no. half the guys go over the top rope. Yeah, on a regular basis. Uh, yeah. I'm going to get you. Oh, you pulled on the top rope. I fall. You know, I fall. Yeah. Out. <laughs> I win now. Yay. Uh, <laughs> But it was, remember we were watching some old pay-per-view for going in Raw View or something, and that happened. They called a match, and I'm like, what the hell? That was actually a thing? That was, yeah. And that was a thing, I guess, for a long time at WCW, That's but not funny. WB. That's why WB won. Uh, next question from FreeChan64. What's up, Matt Chat? It's FreeChan64, doing one of those Matt Chat things, uh, currently eating a corn dog. Uh, in Japan, they call it American dog which is simultaneously hilarious and sad. Uh, speaking of sad things, let's talk about main roster call-ups. Who are you most afraid of getting called up? Who, who do you think, uh, currently in NXT, uh, they are most likely to bungle? So, I don't know what I'm doing. Thank you, Free Chan. Thank you, Free Chan. That's a good-looking core talk. Yeah, it looks pretty good. It's huge. Did so? Did he think he he went and bought that? He didn't deep fry that one himself. I would suspect you'd have to buy that. I don't know. That'd be like not I mean, impossible to deep fry unless you're a, a corn dog expert. But that's the thing. What kind of hot dogs under that thing? Because it looked pretty. It was bulbous. It's like this. Like yeah, this yeah, microphone. yeah, yeah. Have you ever tried to make homemade corn dogs? It's not no, easy. No, I, I wouldn't want to try because then you have to make the the breading and all that. That's stuff. the hard part. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I tried once and all the breading just came off into the oil. Oh, it's pain. That sucks. Yeah, it was. I was really looking forward to. It. I like corn dogs. Anyways, yeah. um, I think this is this this is pretty straightforward. It's Velveteen Dream. Um, dude's immensely talented. In NXT, he's given the opportunity to show a depth of character that I don't know would be possible on main roster. I think it would be different. Like, say, uh, Paul Heyman took a personal liking to Velveteen Dream and wanted to to. to to bring him up to Raw and really uh, follow what NXT has done in terms of making him a, a, a multi-dimensional, layered character, then I think he'll be fine. But if whenever he gets called up, if Paul Heyman isn't in charge of Raw, if Bischoff just isn't in tune with his character, if Vince decides to, to take charge of his creative, it could go south really, really fast. Really fast. Um, so it, it just all depends on, on how his... Creative is handled. Um, I'm hopeful after what we saw with the Street Profits on Raw, we're going to see a lot more continuity between NXT and the main roster, something that's been really lacking um, for a long time. I'll go back to Bob Roode, awesome heel in NXT, one of my favorite characters in NXT, maybe ever. Um, and he gets called up to Maine, and he's the smiling guy. Uh, his character was his song, pretty much. Um, and if, if, yeah, it's, it's the, the power of Velveteen Dream is that he's got layers to him. And if you start making him one-dimensional, there's a chance for it to go real bad. Yeah, that's, I, I think that's, to me, that's the right answer. But when I, you know, I was thinking of what to say, I, I figured some of the guys would be kind of too easy because they're so over now. But for me, someone who just kind of breaking into the scene, not really, but I said Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle his personality is so defined that himself on his own is a character. Mm -hmm. 
some people can kind of get that misconstrued where they think, oh, that's just a facade. No, Matt Riddle is just Matt Riddle. That's mm-hmm. how he's always been, the way he talks, the way he walks. That's who he is. But if someone gets the wrong idea about who Matt Riddle is, they're going to try to write, because this is you, you know, like what Vince is saying to Dean Amber. Such good this shit. Is such good shit. This is who you are. What's the impression someone's going to get of Matt Riddle? He's a laid-back surfer dude, Bro even dude, though yeah. he's from New York and he lives in Las Vegas. Yeah. Anyway, it that to me says that they could, he could go one or two ways. They could find someone that can relate to him. They could write something for him, and he can connect with the crowd, and he does have tons of natural charisma. Mm-hmm. But someone could just feed him line, line, line. I don't know how well Matt Rill can do – when someone feeds them lines and tell them this is how you have to talk this is how we want you to do things that might that kind of goes against everything that is matt riddle Mm -hmm. and some and the thing is if a writer can't write for you you can't wrestle so if you don't have anyone writing you're not wrestling so if matt riddle doesn't get along with the writers or the creative we may not even see him on tv at all and that could be alone could be a huge botch yeah if he got called up yeah um that's kind of my thought process as far as like thinking like Velveteen Dream, you know, who he he went on Instagram and he talked about how certain guys were able to get ahead of creative for certain reasons. Kind of a pretty immature statement. Well, he I mean, it'd be interesting to see if he could call the main roster and see if that actually if uh, that holds up the case. If I that's know. the case. I know it was it was it was a, a, a not the smartest yeah. move on his part to lay the blame on talent for creative uh, failings. Um but uh, how about this? Here's a way you get around the Matt Riddle thing. You don't even bring him up as uh, original bro. You bring him up as the quiz master. The quiz master. Matt oh, because he's the, the Riddle. Yes. They call Riddle. him the Riddler. So he comes out the in the suit, and he's got his cards. Yeah. And he has a promo. It's like, so uh, I'll ask you this, John Cena. Answer this in the form of the question, please. <laughs> Matt Riddle. And then John Cena be like, that's you. It's like, yeah, but the question is, who is going to beat John Cena at SummerSlam in two weeks? That would that see that creative wise, that would be great. <laughs> that would be actually interesting. That's another thing. Like um, Matt Riddle also got a little, and there's rumors and stuff. We don't know if it's true, but he got a little slack from calling out Goldberg. Yeah, that beautiful Goldberg Taker match that oh, happened. Yeah. Oh Super- man. Yeah, but anyway, Riddle kind of said what we were all thinking. Yeah. And, you know, he got, from what we heard, he got not in trouble. No, I've heard, like, differing things. I heard it once, like, he he wasn't exactly encouraged, but they weren't telling him not to do it. Yeah. So, I mean, I I mean, yeah, so who knows if he got any... Any heat for that? Any yeah. heat for that? Maybe, yeah. maybe not. I don't know, but that's something I'm sure people on the main roster, you know, they're going to be mindful of mm. if he is going to go out there and call out some of their, you know, W legends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good or bad. I mean, at the end of the day, who's the W Hall of Famer? Goldberg, Goldberg is. is. Goldberg is. So that's it's right. not Goldberg. smart to, you know, make fun of the the guys who've been there and done that. I don't know. No, that's true. It wasn't a smart idea. No, but I wonder if he got heat beforehand and after the match, we were like, all right, well. We'll let it go. Yeah, that might be the case, too. We'll let it go. He's not, in this case, he wasn't terribly off base. Uh, next, we've got a question from Christopher Rampersad. Take it away, Christopher. Hello, Larson and Kyle Jack. So my question is, next week, we have a busy weekend. We have Fight for the Fall and Extreme Rules. Now, is this a recurring thing we're going to get now with AEW and WWE that we might have back-to-back pay-per-views? And how, how, how are we, the fans, are going to balance watching two pay-per-views 
you know, like the next week. I feel like it's a lot. What are you guys going to do? You know, I know you guys have like personal lives and stuff. How are you guys going to watch wrestling and have your own life and stuff? I feel like it's too much wrestling. Thank you, Christopher. Thank you, Christopher. Uh, take it away, Cal. Uh, how do you pretty much is asking how do you balance? I guess so, AEW you know, especially and, when they got two pay per views going on like the same weekend and stuff like that. I think Fight for the Fallen's coming up, and of course, WB has the Evolve 10th anniversary going head with head with that. And then we also got Extreme Rules around that same time. There's just a lot going on yeah. mid July wrestling wise. Yeah, um, psh, man, you just gotta. I for me, I just I if I have time, I watch it all. But a lot of the weekends I have, like I'm performing or do some kind of show in the area. So for me, I try to follow and see as much as I can. I mean, just have to balance out the two. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely different for you and Steve because you yeah. guys have to watch everything. Pretty much. Me, I'm going to watch it all. I'm going to support it all because I have aspirations and dreams that maybe I might one day get signed by either company. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. I'm an open book. Whatever who wants me, cool. Uh, I'll watch whatever. I don't really – finding balance is easy for me. Mm, yeah, not too – nothing crazy. Um, for us, it is a situation, especially with all elite and WB. Um, they're going to be the top two promotions here in the States. We kind of have to just watch it all, um, which means there's going to be some weekends. Like for us, I, well, I'll speak my, myself personally. Um, I don't mind watching it all. Uh, I mean, because for no other reason, it benefits our bottom line when we cover it. But uh, that is time away from family for us. Um, especially when we come in here, have to live stream on the weekends, usually the time that, that we dedicate solely to uh, the family. Um, thankfully, our wives are very understanding uh, when it comes to us having to come in here for work on Saturday or Sunday. Um, they are generally cool with it. Um, if it's a weekend where it's AEW on Saturday, WWE on Sunday, it might be a situation where, okay, we're going to work both those days. We'll take the Friday off before or the Monday after um, to give ourselves a little bit of breathing room because, well, in no way is this job difficult, um, and we love it. Uh, it's it's good. You got to have time for yourself, and you definitely got to have time for your family uh, to maintain your sanity. Yeah, you can't just eat, breathe, and sleep pro wrestling all the time. Unless you're a struggling independent pro wrestler and you just want to make it, and you got to take all these shows, you got to work your ass off, pay your dues, you got to climb that mountaintop, and make sure you find the opportunity to catch yeah, your lucky I break. Left myself open there. Didn't that's what you got to do. It's true. Eat, sleep, pro wrestling. I guess I should say for me, who has no aspirations of ever stepping foot in that ring. It's different. As like, an observer. Yeah. Not the observer of wrestling. A observer. The observer. Um, I need The balance is just finding at least one. For me, the balance is I need three hours a week to go to the gym. Yeah. And I need like an afternoon to not have to worry about anything work-wise. Yeah. If I can get that on a weekly basis, I can maintain... A, a, a relatively decent work-life balance. Um, I mean, I appreciate more time with the kids and the wife and stuff, but sometimes there's weeks where it's just really busy. Um, so if I get that, I can generally, I'm generally cool. Yeah. Unfortunately for a guy who's, you know, trying to do this business, I have to, I have to, you have to watch everything. You yeah. have to know everything because if you get signed by a company, like when I got signed, they expect you to know everything. They expect you to know who everyone is. Mm-hmm. They, it's like you have to know things because the shows a level of respect. Yeah. If you don't know anything when you get signed with these people, all the guys in the background take as disrespectful mm-hmm. and it shows that you don't care for the business. Mm-hmm. So for me, I got to watch it all. Just I don't have to cover it like you guys do. You guys have to be a lot more thorough, but 
I have to at least have an idea of what's going on. Be paying attention on. what's Be going paying on. Attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you when you went to the performance center, you went to got signed. Um I know you said you weren't a the, the a huge wrestling fan, but you, I assume you'd watch some, right? Yeah. Um did you have to kind of do a bit of a crash course before reporting? It was recommended to me that I'd follow up on it, and that was by who recruited me, Jerry Briscoe. Mm-hmm. He told me kind of like study up a little bit mm-hmm. and also when you go for a tryout there, I don't know if they do this now, but when I was the tryout I had was at FCW in Tampa. We they gave us a sheet like they they emailed us like information on all mm-hmm. the coaches and the trainers that are going to be there, and I also went online and studied up who are the coaches, what are these coaches known for. So it's smart to have an idea of mm-hmm. what's going on, mm-hmm. so that when you go there, you're just not some like you don't mean to be, but you might come off as a disrespectful jerk. Yeah, and that happens to a lot of guys, and then they have to explain their case. What? No, I wasn't. You know, it's like. Well, that you should know. And yeah. what's funny is we talk about Velveteen Dream. He, on Tough Enough, he jumped down that one kid's throat because that one kid knew nothing about pro wrestling. And Velveteen Dream's like, why would you want to do something? We don't know anything about it. And so I kind of, I'm taking the same approach as Dream did on Tough Enough. That's exactly the case. Yeah, yeah, So either companies, you got to balance it out. You got to at least know something. So AEW, WWE, I got to follow both. Yeah. Got to be yeah. a fan of both. Totally. And even while we t- predominantly just cover WB, now All Elite, some New Japan, we pay attention. Like we, when Ring of Honor has a show, I'll read the results or not so much impact, but uh, uh, Ring of Honor for sure. We try to just keep up with the major story beats. And then in whenever there's uh, news, regardless of promotion, that seems um, even just, you know, worth, you know, staying up to date on, we definitely do that. Um, next, got a question from Renegade Soul. Good morning, Cal, Jack, and Larson. This is Renegade Soul here, and uh, I'm just chilling out in the shade here because, man, it's going to be a really hot summer for pro wrestling, isn't it? So just in my area alone, the Seattle promotions that we have, uh, Without a Cause is going to have at least one show, Defy is going to have three shows, including... Uh, bad Boy Tomatonga showing up in our ears, so that's going to be fun. Project 42 is coming back, and uh, there might be another uh, event on the horizon. So my question to you guys is, what event or what promotion are you looking most forward to during the summer? It is uh, definitely a very, very hotbed for wrestling. Looking forward to hearing what you think. Too sweet. Party handshake. Rock on. Peace out. Take care, guys. Thank you, Renegade Soul. Thank you, Renegade Soul. It's going to be an interesting summer for pro wrestling, not just in the independent ranks. Uh, you got WB try to right the ship. You got Heyman and Bischoff now seemingly in charge. That's going to generate buzz. See if that plays out on television with a, a different product. Um, you got All Eat launching, doing their thing, um, ending the summer with all out leading to their TV deal in October. But for me, if we're just concentrating on the summer, when I think of summer wrestling, I think of one company, one promotion, that's new Japan pro wrestling. And that's the G one climax tournament. Uh, the, the field this year, absolutely stacked top to bottom. Yeah. Stacked. It's hard to pick a winner because it's so damn stacked. Um, but it's probably gonna be Naito or Bushi, probably Naito. Anyways, that whole thing is going to be awesome. They're kicking it off here. Uh, they kicked it off yesterday in the sixth. Yep. Um, and it's going to be great. 
every year I walk in the G1 saying, I know I can't watch it all. Yeah. Because there's a ton of wrestling. But I'm going to at least pay attention to what people are saying are the best matches and at least watch those. And last year we were spending like all our off hours, not all our off hours, we were done doing shows. We'd go back there, we'd pack some merch to ship, yep. and we'd put some G1 on. And we did, did that for like a week. But it's so much. It's so much to stay on top yeah, of, which yeah. is the only problem. So I'm looking forward to the G1. They're gonna, it's going to be fantastic because the lineup is stacked. It's just such a huge time commitment when you already got to watch WWE, um, all their stuff. You get all elite around the corner. Uh, there's just a lot to pay attention to. And again, it's the balance thing. You just yeah. got to find the time. Yeah. When you have a couple spare hours, if you got a couple spare hours, uh, go through, see what people are saying about the, the, the top tier matches. At least watch those. Yeah. Um, but I can't wait for it, especially with Box in there. This could be something that, else. That'll be really exciting to mm-hmm. see how well he does, mm-hmm. especially Valentine, all elite, and him doing that at the mm-hmm. same time. Very cool. Um, what promotions are I looking forward to this summer? Yeah. I have a list of promotions, and all, since we're on the West Coast, mm-hmm. I'm going to stick with the promotions that I know. Yeah, New Japan, but they're not even they're not even a promotion. They're not even indie. They are their own company. They're 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 like, you have to sign a contract to go there. That's a big deal. That is a huge deal. All right, I'm not. They're not an indie promotion. No, I'm talking about Defy, like he said in Seattle. That company's growing. The talent there's getting better and better. Those kids, like Darby Allen, was one of the first guys mm-hmm. to come at Defy. Swerve, uh, Shane Strickland, mm-hmm. he came at Defy. Those are two top tier talents, and yep. they're both making it with All Elite and now NXT. Who Swerve is going to be on? I think he might be on NXT tonight for the uh, Breakout I think Star. So. I think so. So he's yeah, going to take on Cameron Grimes. Yeah, that's going to be an Wednesday. awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's that was Wednesday. My bad. No, yeah, but yeah, like we're shooting this Wednesday. So yeah. Um, but also uh, PCW Ultra, mm-hmm. they always seem to find really, really good talent to come into the show and their promotion. Like you see, Fought Two there with War Beast. Uh, that's what they're called, the Warbees. Jacob's doing great stuff there. If you guys aren't familiar with Fought 2, oh, he's amazing. You gotta look him up. He's awesome, and they have a ton of other really, really good superstars like Douglas James is great, Hammerstone's great, um, Jake Atlas is amazing. I know Brody King would go to PCW mm-hmm. Ultra. That's kind of how he got super well known was that company. And then also, if we're going to the Bay Area, which is you know where I am from, we got King of Indies, which is uh, that oh, happened yeah. that just happened this past Friday. That was really awesome. And then, of course, Hood Slam. If you guys aren't familiar with Hood Slam, it's, I can't explain. It's its own show. I love Hood Slam. I worked for those guys a lot. They do great numbers at their house show every Friday. Every Friday is a Hood Slam show. And some, some of it's a little tongue in cheek, but regardless, you're going to have a great time at Hood Slam. And then also, like All Pro Wrestling, that's like the bigger name shows here yeah, in yeah, yeah. the Bay Area. And then last one is Big Time Wrestling in, um, oh, in Newark. Yeah. In Newark, mm-hmm. Newark and Salinas. Mm-hmm. Um, those are all companies that I'm, those are the ones I'm excited for most for the summer because a lot of those companies I work for. And if you friendos ever want to see me wrestle, just check out Hood Slam, All Pro Wrestling, and Big Time Wrestling. Mm-hmm. So those are my promotions that I'm personally excited for there you this go. summer. Yeah. First time we ever met Cal. Yep, you guys met me at Big Time Wrestling. Big Time Wrestling Show when the when the Impact folks were there. That's right. That was fun. That was a good night. That was really cool. Uh, next, we got a question from Jacksonville's. I can't do it like Zach Gibson and Steve can. Number one, Jacksonville's number one. Guillaume Halili, take it away, Guillaume. What's going on, friendos? This is Jacksonville's number one Matt Chatter, Guillaume Halili. Back with another Matt Chat question. This week, I simply want to know, what is the cringiest storyline ever? And take out uh, Katie Vick. And, you know, the, the, the obvious ones. Really reach down. 
one that pops into my head, the whole Kurt Angle versus Booker T, where Kurt Angle wanted to have sex with Booker T's wife. Ugh, super cringe. Let me know what you guys think. Uh, I can't wait to hear what you want, what you guys say. Too sweet, hearty handshake. Uh, yeah, later, guys. Thank you, Guillaume. Thank you, Guillaume. Go ahead, Cal. Um, as far as a memory that I can have that was pretty cringy, uh, mine's Mae Young with Mark Henry. Their whole uh, love angle was just... It, for me, it was cringy because I um, had to think about it. But, like, I just listened to Mark Henry talk on Stone Cold's podcast, and... Stone Cold's listing off the list of accomplishments that he had as a, you know, power lifter, mm -hmm. Olympic lifter, like the things that he did, like all the records that he put up when he was living in Texas and he had nation, like national records. And I think maybe a few world records. He is an elite athlete. Mm -hmm. um, and we talk about like what stars are we kind of worried that are going to botch up creative. I mean, to me, you put Mark Henry, this elite, badass strong man and you have him in a love angle with may young that to me just is like you know added not they didn't get everything right in the attitude era no that's for damn and sure. this is one angle to me even as a kid it i was a head scratch as a kid i thought it was so weird well i mean it's, it's, it's not so much I, th I think the the payoff for it was what really made it weird yeah where she I, gives birth to a hand she gave birth to a hand it's just confusing and i remember listening to um i, I was listening to something to wrestle with mm -hmm. and just hearing them talk about like how that went down. And then also I kind of cringe cause I saw Jerry Briscoe in there too. Oh yeah. And Jerry was the one that recruited me to go sign <laughs> with uh, WWE and NXT. <laughs> so then to me, it's just like, man, I know people in this segment. I've yeah. met Mark Henry a bunch of times. He's a guy that gives more advice than anybody. When I was in the performance center, he loves to talk. He loves to share advice. Uh, he never ever once brought up this angle and talked yeah. about it. So personally, with me, just from my own standpoint, the May Young Mark Henry ended her this old poor woman giving birth to a hand. I mean that 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 to me is really cringy. It's just yeah, the, the, especially with the, the payoff in mind. That's kind of and, and Mark Henry's fantastic. He's like he's immensely talented in the ring. He's, he's charismatic as all hell. Yeah, um, as. One of my favorite segments is his fake retirement speech. And that's the thing he talked about that on Stone Cold's podcast. When he, he told Stone Cold, like, Vince said to him, you know, well, how about, you know, you still, have left, you still have a lot more in the tank. How about you give your real retirement speech and then, you know, we'll change gears after that. Yeah. And it, he actually, legit, that was his real retirement speech, what he was going to say and how he was going to say it. But that's the thing in, in wrestling, you got to learn to switch gears when you yeah. got to, you got to learn to turn it up and turn it down at any point in time. Yeah. So even though it was his real speech at the end of the day, in the back of his head, he knew that this was only leading to an angle with him and yeah, Cena. Yeah. And that, and to this day, that was one of the best, like one of the best words, one of the best words oh, ever. God. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, I remember watching that live and marking out huge when he dropped Cena with that world strongest slam. Now also I remember at the performance center, he was working with Jason Jordan mm -hmm. a lot because mm -hmm. Jason Jordan was of similar size to John Cena. Oh. So while they were pitching ideas for that feud, Mark Henry was working with Jason Jordan a lot. Interesting. And that was a lot of great experience for Jason Jordan yeah. to work with Mark Henry. So that's a little fun fact about that whole uh, Mark Henry retirement speech bit. Um, for me, the cringest storyline isn't necessarily – it wasn't salacious by any stretch. It wasn't uh, – you know anything along those lines but it was cringy because it was awful 
and uh, a general rule of thumb for me is I really don't care for heel play-by-play commentators, um, and especially when they're a focus of a storyline and given a half-hour time slot at WrestleMania. Uh, the Michael Cole heel turn um, was one of the most hard-to-watch, downright embarrassing things I've seen in wrestling in a long time. That whole thing at WrestleMania, his match against Lawler, Oh, it's pretty bad. That went on forever. Oh, my God. Forever, and it had zero heat. No one cared. No one cared about it. No one cared. No one cared to see Michael Cole get beat up because no one cared about his that he was a heel. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't I want to see you get beat up heat. It was like, dear God, end this please heat. Get out of here with this. I don't want to see it. And then was the next night on Raw – uh, John Cena humiliates some imports barbecue sauce all over. Oh my god! It was just awful. That's just bad. And it was around this because I, I was really into wrestling in the Attitude Era and kind of phased out in the early aughts. And I'd keep track of what was going on, but I didn't really watch a ton until maybe 2011. Yeah. And then I went over to Steve's to watch that particular WrestleMania. And how that WrestleMania didn't turn off turn me off wrestling forever, I don't know. Between that and the Miz Cena main event. Um, it could have very easily been the final straw as far as me as a wrestling fan. Yeah. However, for whatever reason, I started watching after that. It's an odd thing. <laughs> That's awesome. But uh, I think because of the particular phase of my life where I was getting back into wrestling, this particular storyline, just it, I have very vivid memories of it and very vivid memories of it being awful. Yeah. And every time they would push the idea that Michael Cole is some conniving, cowardly heel, Ugh. Yeah. I had to start grinding my teeth. Yeah. Because it's so frustrating and it's so bad. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> Came to the ring in his bad. singlet and his headgear. Oh, that's pretty, yeah. Like, we're supposed to take him seriously. But then, like, two, two years ago, Michael Cole was jacked. Yeah. Now, if he had gotten jacked for his Mania match, maybe I'd find him more He did lean out quite a bit since then. Well, now nah, he's put on his way back yeah, on. Yeah. But there was a point where I remember he would go to the Performance Center and work mm-hmm. out quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, he had his little bit of a health kick for a minute. And then, you know, sure enough. Old habits, huh? Old habits come back. I remember there was a picture of him online where he's flexing. I'm like, man, that's not bad. Michael yeah. Cole, you're pretty jacked. Yeah. But, no, Cole heel turn. That's, to this day, that thing about the storyline. And just, ugh. Uh, next, Stephen M. Hey, Larson. Hey, Kels. Just back from MMA training, so that's why I'm wearing a Punisher rash guard. But my question for you guys this week is, top five wrestlers, dead or alive, that you'd like to grab a beer or smoke with? Mine would be Taker, because he's my favorite of all time. Finn, because he's fellow Irishman, he'd be a bit of crack. Uh, Michaels, because he'd have the wildest stories, and he's just a madman. Uh, Flair, because it's legendary drinking and his stories. And Andre, because, of course, I just want to see Andre drink and put away these massive amounts of drink. So too sweet, hearty handshake, shoulder lean. Thank you, Stephen M. Thank you, Stephen M. Mm, beer, I like beer. I like beer too. I'm fancy. I like to. I like to have a good IPA. Yeah, you ever, you're a fan of the Belgian beers. Uh, I've had a few. I can't list any off the top of my head, but okay. If, you know, if I see, if I go to like a, uh, if I go to like a wine or spirits or something, they yeah, might. Yeah. Have, they usually have some craft beer there. I might. Yeah, you know, yeah. Might get a Belgian ale or something like okay. that. Okay. Well, five times this weekend, I'll grab some Belgian beer for you to That'd try. Be cool. Yeah. Why not? I know you're doing the keto thing, so it's gonna be a while. But it'll be. It'll be a bit. Maybe uh, after October when I go with my 90 day keto. Yeah. When you're done with your 90 day, uh, we can have a beer tasting. Oh, that'd, be, that'd be awesome. There we go. You should. Anyways, Cal, who would you like to sit down, shoot the shit, have a beer or two with? Uh, I, I'm going off of one. Most of my answers are all personal experiences, mm-hmm. and the other one is just pretty obvious. Um, 
Samoa Joe, I know he likes to travel between shows and check out breweries and mm-hmm. see what kind of ales they have. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe knows a lot about beer, and that would be fun to like, you know, go beer testing with him at a brewery. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stone Cold, because he has his own beer and he mm-hmm. loves drinking IPAs, and he know he has his own beer. You know, he has his own IPA, which. To be fair, it's okay. Yeah, it's not bad. It's it's okay. It's not the best IPA. I know he puts it over like it's the greatest IPA on the planet. What do you think is the greatest IPA? Uh, or your personal favorite? Personal it's all favorite? Oh, that's a good question. There was a... I usually... I like it. Sometimes I get crazy and get like a double IPA because they're a little bit more heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite one, I guess I would go to... There's a Drake's... And oh, the, the the denogonizer. Yeah, that one's really that good. That one's really good. Yeah. I like the the Drake's denogonizer. Um, and then there's I gotta think. Of, there's a couple off the top of my head. I can't think of. I'm more like if I see it, I know exactly yeah, which one yeah. it is. But just whenever I go to a restaurant, the first thing I ask for what kind of IPAs do you have. Yeah. And then they usually have their own. Like they'll have a local one, or they have mm-hmm. one they brought in from somewhere else. You had a the dogfish head ninety minutes. Yeah, yeah, I've had that's that one. good stuff. That one's really good. Um, so yeah, Joe and Stone Cold. We would talk about craft breweries. And just what kind of IPAs we want to drink, and then just go beer tasting with those guys. Um, I also said Xavier Woods because Xavier Woods goes to barcades. Mm-hmm. He travel. I don't know if he does that anymore, but I remember him talking about how he would tell fans and whatnot, if you want to hang out with him, go meet him at a barcade. Mm-hmm. And so that would be fun. Xavier's a really cool guy, so that'd be a lot of fun. If I was to grab a beer with and have a like a more, another like really good time, Mojo Raleigh. Mojo is so much fun to party with and hang out with. Grabbing a beer with him would be excellent. Mm-hmm. He's just a hilarious dude. Um, and then also my last one's Dawkins because he was one of my best buds in Orlando. We would go to the bars, grab a beer. You know, he well he he likes to. Um, he's a Crown and Coke guy, but he'll chill and you know he'll I'll have a beer and he'll have a nice Crown and Coke. Yeah. So. Definitely hang out with Dawkins as far as like grabbing beer with. Because that's who I would grab a beer yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. Easily. Totally. Yeah. Um, I'll go with uh, Minoru Suzuki. I don't know if he drinks. I don't know if any of these people drink. Well, I know Cody does because I've seen him drink. Yeah. Uh, uh, Minoru Suzuki just seems like an endlessly fascinating individual. Um, he's lived a hell of a life. Yeah. Um, dude's got tons of stories. He's, he's basically wrestled or fought anybody, everybody. Um, he's been in a movie fighting giant monsters. Um, I just want to hear about his life. That would be awesome. Uh, speaking of Cody, Cody. Yep. Um, I think he did a Q and A in being the elite drunk, or at least somewhat imbibed. Um, so I know he drinks. Uh, again, dude's got to have a wealth of stories. Um, and to pick his brain for, about the business side of things, now that they got all lead up and going, that's going to be fascinating. Uh, Andrade Almas. Again, stories. Yeah. He's wrestled all over the place in Mexico. He's been in Japan. Uh, he's friends with Roosh and Tetsuya Naito. Wealth of stories. Uh, Bray Wyatt. He's, I don't know if he drinks. He seems like a entirely. He's like a super creative guy. Yeah. And one of the things I find most fascinating about creative individuals is their creative process. And I'd really like to hear the creative process behind Firefly Funhouse. What inspired uh, all the little details. This bit of a reinvention for himself. Finally, Booker T. One of my favorites ever. I love Booker T. Dude's got tons of stories. Um, actually, I'll say this. Booker T and Stevie Ray. Have you heard Stevie Ray's shoot interview? Oh, yeah, yeah. He is a great damn storyteller. Yeah, yeah. Amazing storyteller. Um, get Booker T, Stevie Ray together, having a beer or two, uh, talking, hearing their stories. That would be an absolute blast. Okay, well, if you're going to add Stevie Ray because he's his brother, I'm going to add uh, – I'll, I'll put uh, Montez Ford there. 
with Dawkins because I had uh, hung out with them at the same time. Uh-huh. They are awesome together. Montez is a character. So I'm going to include him with Dawkins Fair enough. As Fair well. enough. Fair and enough. then probably the other New Day members with Woods because yeah. they're always hanging out with yeah. each other. But I think Samoa Joe would be... Samoa Joe would be funny because, like you said, I mean, it's all these guys have stories. Mm-hmm. Everybody would have all these. Mojo wouldn't really have any stories, but he would be fun to hang out. Oh with hell yeah, party. yeah. Uh, next, uh, we've got three text questions. Next, first from Luis Ariza. This one's for Cal. He says, "Cal, don't answer if you don't want to, but have you ever had to shoot on someone or have or have been shot on? If so, what goes through your mind while it happens?" No, no one has ever tried to shoot on me and nor have I ever tried to shoot on them. It depends on who I'm working with. A lot of the time when you work with somebody, you want to make sure you guys are cool and that you guys can get along. A lot of pro wrestling is how you get along with people. Mm -hmm. And if you can't get along and put together a match, well, that's just one match. Get through with it. Get done with it. You move on. Life goes on. It's just a match. So you want to make sure, and I was taught in the business by um, Steve Kern said this: If something bad ever happens, don't you just have to have a cool, cool head about it and just move on. You don't want to let your emotions take over and feel like you have to dump somebody is on, so dump somebody on their head or something. Mm-hmm. You know, like Perry Saturn did to some yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. jobber. That's you don't right. want to, you don't want to do that. You yeah, just want to yeah. be cool, relax. Things happen. The only time I've ever really kind of like did a little shoot wrestling, if I'm working with somebody that has a shoot background, like. When I wrestled Jeff Cobb in a match at Big Time a couple years ago. We we did a little shooting around a little bit just for fun. But it was a, it was mutually agreed. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was just playful, just you know, spa wrestling pretty yeah. much. Same with I wrestled Tom Lawler. Um, this actually will go into jo- the Dynamite Martinez question. Um, yeah, it, if you know how to do it, you can do it safely. But never out of emotion or mm-hmm. anger. And mm-hmm. if you have an opponent or somebody who does that, they don't last long in the business. Mm-hmm. If somebody, and here's the thing, you tell you tell a wrestler, you tell everyone. Wrestlers don't keep secrets. So as far as like rumors and stuff, if I found out that this guy went in for the business for himself, it ain't gonna last long for him mm-hmm. because this day in wrestling is about respect, trust, and if you can get along with everybody. If you can't get along with whoever comes around your promotion, they just won't book that person and they'll never ever come back again. Mm-hmm. And the boys have no problem sticking up for each other mm-hmm. in that regard. Mm-hmm. So no, thank God never had to shoot anyone and knock on wood. No one's ever tried to shoot on me. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, sitting next to you, you're a big dude. I am. A, I'm bigger. I'm bigger. Um, and between that and your, your decorated background as an amateur wrestler, um, uh, I, I would think that most people would be foolish to try to take advantage of you in the ring. Yeah, it, it's nah, it can't happen. No, no. It, sh- it shouldn't happen. No, I would hope not. And I'm ha- and, that's, and you're right about it. I think I think more than anything now, uh, seems like wrestlers are they want to work with people they can trust because they're putting everybody's putting their bodies on the line out there. Yeah, and if you don't trust the the, the man or woman that's standing across from you in the ring, that's got it. That's that's tough. It, it's really hard. And to kind of harbor back to like my old developmental days bill demont told her this like a lot of the stuff when it comes like when he we'd ask him about psychology what does it mean like can you teach us wrestling psychology and i think bill was trying to go deeper with the question because his question his answer was like what's the guy thinking and we're like no we want like ring psychology like what do you do in a match Mm -hmm. but instead he kind of went off about like well what if that guy 
he's getting complaints over here from his wife. <laughs> and then he's also has his girlfriend on the other side of the match. She's mad at him. And now you got to find a way to put together a match. <laughs> That's psychology. He's like, no, we want to know how to like, this, tell the story, man. No, like, how do you, how do you tell like a story in the, like that kind of side? So that, if there's ever a scenario like that where you have a guy who's got a bunch of people mad at him and then like his mind's in another place and he might do something to you out of frustration, that could happen. But, yeah. you know, for the most part, wrestling's a business where you have to be you, – you, we shake everyone's hand. It, it, it's out of respect because you don't know when you'll see them or if you'll ever see them. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the code. You shake everybody's hand. Um, you just – I hope it doesn't happen. I see cases of it happening all the time, and it just sucks. Mm-hmm. And it spoils everything. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something I, you know, I, I would hate to have happen to me. And I yeah, hope yeah. it never does. And I hope it doesn't ever happen. It will happen again to some people, but it's a, it's a rough thing. And we don't. It's not cool when somebody goes in the business for themselves. No, not at all. No. Uh, next, Joshua the Dynamic Knight Martinez. He asked Cal. Uh, what's something you miss about living in Oregon, and was it good feel, uh, a good feeling going back and doing a show in Corvallis? It there's a you know I, I admit, the thing I love about Oregon is the people. The people there in Oregon are super nice. It's a very laid back area. I mean, on the West Coast, things go by fast here. Um, like in California, excuse me, California Bay Area, Florida, all those areas are very fast paced. Oregon was a lot slower a lot more laid back uh, and the people there are really really damn nice and it's just it's a state of small towns it's a big state filled with a bunch of small towns so you have a little bit more isolation and you're not around a bunch of people all the time unless you're like in Portland mm-hmm. but man it's just a nice state it's really pretty very green very lush it I mean it rains there a lot but when it's sunny it's like a it's like a holiday yeah. it's beautiful up there um, and then the feeling going back and doing a wrestling show in Corvallis, it was great. Um, a lot of what promoters will see is when they bring somebody in, can this person draw? Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever I do shows in Oregon, I always have a good amount of people that come watch because that's where I went to college. That's where I had a lot of success was at Oregon State. I was an All-American. I won Pac-12s twice. I had a bit of a following in Oregon. I was debating on living in Oregon or California when I left uh, NXT in 2016. So to me, it's like, well, what, what's, what's the next step? And I, I figured just go, because I grew up in California, I live here. And I'm glad I did that too, because that's where I met Steven Larson, and that's where I kind of re-found myself as a pro wrestler. But, I mean, man, I, I love Oregon to death. I'm doing a show there October 13th. Um, I forget what the promotion's called, but I'm taking on Hammerstone, and that'll be a fun match. And just the Pacific Northwest in general, it's it's a great area. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I miss it. I can't wait to go back up there. My sister lives in uh, Seattle, so I want to see her pretty soon. I have a show coming up there, I think in November. So, yeah, Corvallis, it's a good little town. It's where I went to college at. And I had a really fun match with Filthy Tom Lawler in Corvallis. I even got my college coach involved. Nice and even, that, yeah. yeah, I had my college coach involved, but... And I even had a kid I coached in high school uh, get involved in the match too. So that's cool. It was great. Were you there? I wonder if Joshua was there. If you were there, bud, you got to say hi to me. Yeah, he. I think he's from Portland area. Yeah, there'll be a sh- that show October thirteenth will be in Eugene. Okay. And then there's always the DOA promotion does really well. They're at the Harvey's Comedy Club. 
uh, and like Defy, they do a lot of stuff mm-hmm. in Portland mm-hmm. and Seattle. So, yeah, anyone in the Pacific Northwest, go out and support your your indie Definitely. scene up there. Definitely, and, and the Bay Area too. It's flourishing all, up there. Every, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's getting better and better. That it is. Uh, final text question from the Howdy Doodly Champion. Um, he says this week's cha- uh, question comes from the Cheese and Broccoli Monster, and edited to by Hafty. You find yourself in the Jaws universe. I'm assuming Jaws one. Um, and you have to build a team to kill the shark. Which wrestlers would you pick to be the captain, the cop, the marine biologist, and who is the shark? Um, bonus points for casting uh, someone to play the boat. Um, at first, I just remembered they had to do a shark, but my marine biologist answer works for shark too. Um, would you like to go first? Okay. Um, yeah, I'll go first. So, And I, I just realized who I'd want for my shark. Okay, good. Um, so... My captain would be Kyrie Sane because she's a, as JR would say, she's a yachtsman or a yachts person. She enjoys her nautical pursuits. Yeah, so I'd go with Kyrie Sane because she actually knows her way around the boat. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, if I ever had to go sailing, I'd have her sail me around, and it would be magical. A uh, cop would be Mustafa Ali because he is a cop. Yep, he is a cop in Chicago, or I think Chicago is it? It was Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Chicago. Uh, he has to. I'm sure he's dealt with some of the toughest situations. So, yeah, I would totally go with Mustafa Ali. Marine biologist, this is going to be kind of funny. If you guys follow <laughs> if you guys follow Impact now and you remember the OG original member of Sanity, it's Sawyer Fulton, Madman Fulton. He actually used to work at uh, SeaWorld. So, he knows a little bit about marine biology. His ex-girlfriend used to work there too. So that's my choice. And then also, as far as a boat goes, um, I'm going to say my boat takes on the work ethic, the personality, and the competitiveness as Neville. (laughs) The reason why I said Neville is because Neville used to race Sami Zayn in the pool at our apartment complex. (laughs) And Neville would always beat Sami in the pool. It was hilarious. And I was always the judge back then. So I think Neville would make an excellent... Uh, boat, it'd be great, and then my, and then the shark. Uh, I don't know why I just thought it was funny. I'd say right back. Oh, that's good. <laughs> the say feed me more. The, the shark wouldn't stop eating and killing, so it's like, all right, well, it, either him or uh, Otis Dozovic gotcha. as the shark. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you know, if you're in the boat and all of a sudden you turn around and you hear a shark go say, "I'm coming," and then you say. <laughs> We're going to need a bigger boat. We're going to need a bigger boat because Otis is big. Yeah, I'm going to not ride back. I'm going to say Otis. Otis. Otis is the shark. <laughs> All right. You gave me the captain, and I appreciate this. Uh, uh, captain Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Uh, he's been known to uh, enjoy, I guess. He's had his own mishaps, um, his own nautical pursuits. Um, uh, my cop would be someone who is a police officer currently, I think in Georgia somewhere, Bull Buchanan. Yeah. Uh, my marine biologist, I just looked this up. Wade Barrett has a degree in marine biology. I know. When I saw that, I'm like, oh, it's not fair. <laughs> but I like Fulton as my marine biologist. That's great. When you said, when you said that was your answer, I, I, I laughed. Yeah. That's great. That's a great answer. Uh, my shark, shark boy. Great. Um, and then my boat would be tugboat fed Fred Ottman. It says in the name right there. Yeah, tugboat. Yeah, tugboat. Tugboat. So that's it. That's Matt Chat. That was fun. Thanks for joining us, Cal. Uh, yeah, I'm really glad. I look forward to if I ever have to do this again. It's a lot of fun. Next week. Oh, yes. Next week we'll have a new question. Yeah, you guys, 
get on the Patreon, ask me questions. I can answer all the questions in my own kind of whatever perspective way. There we go. We'll be a lot of fun. We'll get a ton of questions next week. That's awesome. Anyways, thanks for joining us, everybody. And uh, we'll see you next week. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye.